Social media, this is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our uh, Saturday night message. We thank you once again for tuning in with us, and we pray that we've been a blessing to you. Always glad to come to you and share the word of the Lord with you, and we're just excited about um, what God is doing in your life. And I say I always encourage you to share these messages with your family, your friends, to help you better if you're enjoying these messages. And uh, we just want to do what God's will, according to what he has us to do just to be a blessing to you and just to speak a word into your life. So we're always glad to come to you on, on these Saturday evenings. So we're going to continue on our um, series talking about the habits of a thankful heart, developing habits, or how to be thankful no matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstances, situations. Um, we want you to develop habits of being thankful. You can train yourself to become thankful no matter what you're going through. And tonight, we're, we're going to be talking about um, the subject tonight is seeking reconciliation. Reconcile, seeking reconciliation. You know, that's maybe you've had some um, conflict in your life. Maybe um, in some type of relationship, something scoring your life, and you want to reconcile. And God's always with us supposed to reconcile if possible. But I want to read, um, we've been once again focusing on the book of Philippians. Um, this series coming from the book of Philippians. We've been going through each chapter, um, highlighting different verses about the points and the message that we're trying to bring out to you in this book of Philippians. And we want to talk about reconciliation, seeking reconciliation. I want to go to Philippians chapter four. Okay, verse two. This is our foundational scripture for this, for this lesson. And it says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, now I appear to Erodia and Seneca. It says, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. I'm going to read it again. It says, now appeal to Erodia and Syndicate. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. So these are this is two women Paul was working with, and they were having a disagreement. But I want to start off by reading this first. Um, it says, in 1984, Pope John Paul went to prison to visit a man who had tried to kill him the year before. Okay, too many people in the world. This to, to too many people, to many people in the world, this was an astonishing act of forgiveness. But for the Pope, it was an outgrowth of his understanding of grace. So we see here, this man tried to kill Pope John Paul II, but yet he forgives the man. And so when we're talking about reconciliation, um, forgiveness is, is what's needed to reconcile, okay? You need to forgive, okay? And so one of the habits of being thankful, I believe part of being thankful is um, forgiveness. It's played the part in that. You know, in order to be thankful, you're going to have to forgive some people who hurt you or wrong you 
or maybe things didn't go your way. You're going to have to learn how to forgive. And I love what it says because it says this is when you know how to forgive, when you understand forgiveness, rather, you understand grace. Okay. A lot of people don't understand grace because this is what grace is all about. Grace is all about forgiving people because what God forgave us, that's really the one of the foundations of this grace of Jesus Christ is the ability to forgive someone who has hurt you, even though they don't deserve it. So forgiveness is, is a great test um, to whether you have understood the gospel of grace. It's a test. Okay. Forgiveness is the grace. Is, is there anybody in your life that you holding unforgiveness for? And so if you holding unforgiveness, then you don't understand grace because you need to understand that. Look at what God did for us. Look at what he did for us. When, when we experience conflict, our natural response is to be angry and defensive. But Paul reminds us that if we have rooted our identity in the Lord, we will seek reconciliation. We will be compelled to forgive others because we are aware of what God sacrificed in order to forgive us. See, this is what grace is all about. Okay, so let's see the natural response. I know you said, well, hey, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much they hurt me. And I can't even imagine hurt. I mean, that's all kinds of hurt, you know, from spouse hurt to parental hurt to sibling hurt. Um, you know, friends who have hurt you, aunts, uncle, family members, everything, all kinds of hurt out here. And I, you know, I, we haven't experienced it all. Everybody, I believe, experienced, I've experienced hurt. Maybe you experienced hurt. And so when you look at the magnitude of it, um, you said, well, how can I forget? So the, the natural response for that, when you tell me come to conflict, is to be angry and be defensive and you defend yourself says, hey, and maybe you do have a legitimate reason to be angry. You know, I'm not going to say you don't based on what they did. You have a legitimate reason. I'm not going to minimize your pain. OK, as to what you experienced or what they did. But what I want to do tonight is maximize God and the forgiveness that he has made available to us through this grace. That you can forgive that person. But I understand they hurt you. I know you're angry. But as he says here, when you when your identity is rooted in the Lord, see, this is the key. Let me say, when your identity is rooted in the Lord, okay, this is what we talked about last week. Where's your identity coming from? Do you identify with your stuff, you know, your job? You know? But if your identity is rooted in the Lord, when you understand who you are, when you understand how valuable you are and when you understand that that nothing in this world can take away the value that god has placed on you nobody's um people not being in your life can't take away your value okay when you understand that then you seek reconciliation now you will seek it okay you will ask that um you'll forgive that person or Maybe you the one who did the hurting. You will seek that person for forgiveness and says, you know what? I'm sorry for what I did. 
you know what could you please forgive me now you can't control their response i want to say that you can't control their response but as i said you will seek reconciliation if it's possible because why because of my identity is rooted in jesus and this is what god called me to do god called me to seek reconciliation among my brothers and my sisters and people that are around me people that i'm close with or in my circle you know to seek reconciliation this is what god wants for us but we are we are compelled when we become compelled to forgive others because we will be compelled to forgive others because we are aware of what God sacrificed us to forgive. So when you're aware of the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid for you and me, then you'll seek reconciliation. You begin to say, you know what? Hey, I'm not perfect. I messed up. I did wrong. You know what? This person deserves forgiveness, not because, you know what? Now, you're not giving, excuse me, let me say this. You're not giving to them because they deserve it. You're giving it because this is what God commands us to get. You're giving forgiveness or you're extending forgiveness. So it's because of what Jesus has done for us. So people who can't forgive pay dearly in their anger and bitterness. So don't think that because you, you don't forgive somebody, don't think that you know what? you're doing yourself a favor well i'm not gonna forgive them i'm not because that's what they did for me well you know it says the people who can't forgive dearly pay in anger and bitterness that's gonna hurt you the anger that you carry the bitterness that you carry for that person it's gonna hurt you it's gonna tear you up inside it's gonna affect you emotionally mentally and it and if push comes to shove eventually it's gonna affect you physically because all that stuff begins to wear on your body as you hold those things okay and so you need to understand so people who who can't forgive pay dearly for their anger and bitterness it makes thanksgiving nearly impossible those who are preoccupied with how they have been wrong ignore the mercies they have received now i gotta say that again i gotta say that that's strong see first of all you understand that hey when you hold anger and forgiveness it makes thanksgiving nearly impossible you're not going to be a thankful person if you're holding anger and bitterness you're not going to be thankful. you you're not going to develop this habit of being thankful if you are holding anger and bitterness towards someone okay because it says those who are preoccupied with how they have been wrong ignore the mercy they have received. See, you're so preoccupied how you've been hurt. And once again, I'm guilty of this too. So I'm preaching to myself. If you are so focused on how you've been wrong, then what you, you're ignoring the mercy you have received from God. You're ignoring the mercies, God. It says, Lamentation says, mercies are new every day for you every day you get new mercies from the lord every day he extends his mercy what does mercy mean you don't get what you deserve <laughs> think about it think about it. all of us got what we deserve from the lord from jesus think about what we what we what we what we would be and all of us deserve hell that's the bottom line okay but you don't get 
what you deserve. You don't. You don't get what you deserve. That's what mercies mean. So when you are so preoccupied by he hurt me or she hurt me or they hurt me and, you know, you're so consumed and you're constantly holding on to anger and bitterness where you you ignore what you have received. And this is the thing. We got to constantly remind ourselves what we receive from God. And so, therefore, when you understand when you what you have have received from God, the love that God gave you. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were sinning, while you was in, our, in your mess, while we were in our mess, he died for us, paid the price with his blood for us. And so this is what we gotta understand. So understand, it says when you, when you, when you're so preoccupied with how you have been wrong, you ignore the mercies that you receive. And this is spiritually dangerous. This is dangerous. So when you begin to do this, you, you, you um messing around with dangerous territory. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. So if if you know of two believers who are in conflict, or maybe it's you, okay. Maybe it's you that's in conflict with somebody, or maybe you know somebody who's in conflict. Um, and urge them to reconcile, just as Paul um, does with Eroda and Syneke. He told them, "Hey, you y'all y'all need to get this together." Let me read again. He told them, I'm "Just not going to read the whole thing," but he tells them. He says, "Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement." He says, settle, settle your disagreement, okay? Settle this thing. Get, you know, hey, come come to some type of um, common ground here. So imagine what our communities would be like if we would show each other the grace that Christ showed us. Imagine what our community, imagine what our church would be like. Imagine what the workplace would look like, okay? If we would... Show each other the grace that Christ showed us. Okay, so so it's I'm just gonna kind of dig into this um this Philippians chapter four, just kind of bring some 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 commentary to it. It's that Erodus and Syneke were, were were just to kind of give you a description of these two women were women in the Philippian church where Paul said he labored with them in the gospel. So Paul was familiar with these two women. And this is the only time they were mentioned by name. Now, my erotic names means fragrance, and Seneca names means with fate. This is this is the definition of their names. And from this content, we see that there have been a disagreement between them, and Paul is seeking for them to reconcile. He says, I want reconciliation between y'all two because hey, it's not worth it. Paul says it's not worth it. So I, I encourage you tonight to if there is some type of conflict in your life, seek reconciliations. Okay, seek forgiveness. Okay. And so, because here's the thing, as I said before, if you hold on forgiveness, it's gonna make it very hard for you to be thankful. Be quiet, because all you focus on is the wrong that 
how you was wrong, how you was hurt. Or like I said, if you're the person who did the wrong, then, you know, you're feeling guilty now. You're feeling like, you know what? I can't bounce back. Okay. You know what? There's no hope for me. I can't restore this relationship. And like I said, once again, reconciliation doesn't always mean if you, maybe it's a marriage, you may not get back together, but you can get to a place where, you know what, y'all are friends and you're no longer angry with each other and, and you can be around each other without, you know, feeling angry or bitterness and things of that nature. So it's not always maybe you can't get back together. Maybe you can't get back where you used to be, but you can start somewhere by saying, you know what, I'm not going to hold this grudge. And so, but Paul was encouraging these two women to reconcile, but he understood how important it was. It's noticeable that Paul tells them to be of the same mind. And this, the, the King James word said, be of the same mind in the Lord. Be of the same mind. The only way we can ever come into true identity is to find common ground in the Lord and fellowship in those areas. So how do you how do I come to reconciliation? Well, find a common ground. You may not agree on everything, but find a common ground that you can agree on. Okay. You may not agree on everything, like I said, but find a common ground. Find what can we agree on so that we can get along, you know, and mend this relationship. So you can find a common ground. There will, will never be nor was there ever intended to be unity in every area of our lives. We have, we have different customs, um, different personalities, and so forth. Our unity has to be in the Lord. So understand what I'm saying. So you're never going to be totally unity in every of it because everybody's different. Everybody's, as I said here, coming from different customs, different backgrounds. You had different personalities. You know, you come from you know, the way you grew up may be different from somebody else. Okay, so you're never going to um, be totally unified in every area, okay? Especially in a marriage, okay? You're not going to, you and your spouse is not going to agree on every single thing, okay? Because you're brought up different, you have different personality. You know, one may value one thing more than the other. And so you're not going to be in tone total unity in every area of your life but you can what find a common common ground what we call compromise okay let's compromise some things you got to be willing to compromise and say you know what hey you know maybe you give in a little bit in one area she gives in a little bit in another area or you know a friendship whatever the case may be, even on your job you know you may have to come to some common ground Okay, and so that's the key, but it says you have to be unified. Unity has to be start in the Lord. So especially if you are believers, if you a believer and you're in a conflict with another believer, you have to find find common ground in the Lord. So what am I saying? Well, seek the Lord on how to come to reconcile this situation. Seek the Lord because that's what God wants. So seek the Lord on how do we how do I reconcile this? How do we come to an agreement? Maybe we may not see that, but God, show me how to um, find common ground with this person, with my spouse, with my friend, you know, with, you know, where I'm working at so that we can have peace and 
fellowship are going, and most of all, you get the glory. The more our lives center on the Lord, the more unity we will have with others who are centered in the Lord. So you have to make sure that you're centered in the Lord. The more your life is centered in the Lord, okay, the more unity there's going to be. Okay, so we got to get centered in Christ. For those of us who hold our lives dear and have not found the joy that Paul expresses when he says, as for me to live as Christ, if it's a guy in gain, we will walk in very little unity. Okay. Okay. Our unity has to be in the Lord. Okay. So if you hold your life there, you haven't found joy. Okay. If you have not found joy, you, the Paul expressed it here. And in, in Philippians um, 1 21, where he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you don't have that type of joy and you maybe you're not there yet and that's fine. But if you haven't had that type of joy, you, you're going to have very little unity. And what does God want us to have unity? He wants to have joy, unspeakable joy as you live this life. As you walk and you finish your purpose and your plan. The God, he wants you to do it joyfully with peace and and do our best to have reconciliation with our brothers and sisters and people that are around us. OK, and so this is what Paul desires for us. OK, he desires for us to have peace. So we should be seeking reconciliation. But once again, it starts with you. Christ being the center of your life. OK, he has to be the center of your life, okay? He has to be the center. So the more we live in our lives centered on the Lord, then you will have, you live in reconciliation. You're going to find reconciliation. You're going to seek reconciliation, but it has to start in Jesus. It has to start in Jesus. And so this is what I'm challenging you to do. Is to seek reconciliation in the relationships that's in your life, whatever the relationships are. Seek reconciliation. Now, you may not always be successful. Okay, you're not gonna always be set, but do your part and and trust God as to how to go about seeking reconciliation, bringing for reconciliation, and then the Bible said the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Okay, so therefore, you need to seek forgiveness, make the forgiveness available to people who have hurt you. Why? Because forgiveness was made available to you through Jesus Christ. And you can keep that in the forefront. If you can keep that on your mind, that you know what, you may say, well, hey, this person don't deserve forgiveness. It's not about what they deserve. Because guess what? We don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But it's what God commands. And say, so, you know what? God forgave me. And so what? Uh, I can forgive them. Now, it may be a process. This is don't happen overnight. I just want to say that because sometimes we think, you know, and we look at forgiveness as, um, you know, if our emotions haven't changed, 
if we, we may be still angry, but you know what? You can give forgiveness. You can tell that person, no, I'm still angry, but I forgive you. You know, I'm working on my emotions. I'm still angry right now, but you know, I forgive him because God says so. And, and as you line up with God's word, your emotions will follow. Don't wait for your emotions. In other words, to lead you first. No, you lead with the word first, as the word says, and then your emotions will follow. So let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the person who's listening. I thank you that you made forgiveness available to us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that you have forgiven all people, past, present, and future. And God, because you have forgiven us, I thank you that you have given us the ability to forgive. Okay. And God, I thank you for the person right now who you are giving, who you have given the ability to forgive. They're forgiving right now the person who hurt them, the person who walked away, the person who, who backstabbed them or turned their back on them. Um, God, I thank you that you are giving them the, the ability to forgive, have given them that ability. For anybody have hurt them and extend the mercy to them the way you extended to us 2,000 years ago. I thank you, God, that you're healing them right now. You're healing them mentally. You're healing them emotionally. And I thank you, God, because they are changing their minds about forgiveness, that you're also healing them physically. And I thank you what you're doing in them right now. I thank you that you're healing them. I thank peace that they're experiencing peace right now. And I give you all the glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, we thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back to you with you again next week on another lesson on the habits of a thankful heart. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.